Welcome to Writers Forum, a weekly presentation of WRBH. I'm Sherry Alexander, and we want to welcome our guest today, Pamela Arsenault, author of Guidebooks to Sin, the Blue Books of Storyville, New Orleans. Welcome to Writers Forum, Pamela. Thank you so much, Sherry, for having me on today. You are at first glance, would be an unlikely person to write an entire book about these guidebooks to the uh, red light district of New Orleans. You're a librarian. Well, this is actually the bibliographic aspect of the sex trade, the guidebooks to send, the blue books. Yes, so there is that book connection. Well, this is radio, of course, people can't see you, but you, you know, you look like a professor or somebody you you don't look like um anybody that would have any special interest for any reason in this why do you have a special interest in this well uh i like a lot of people have uh, sort of a interest in the salacious the naughty uh, before i was hired at the collection as a librarian uh back in 1981 I had read a few books about New Orleans to prepare for this position as a reference librarian in New Orleans. Uh, One of the books I had read was Al Rose's Storyville, New Orleans, and in it was a chapter uh, called The Press of Storyville. And a lot of the material in that chapter was about the newspapers, the mascot, and uh, the Sunday Sun, which reported underworld doings in the uh, vice districts. Uh, Also in that chapter was a section on the blue books, and I was captivated by their coy language, uh, considering that they were marketing and selling sex. There is almost nothing in the books that actually says bluntly what's being sold. So I was captivated by the flowery language and the kind of over-the-top descriptions of some of the madams uh, and the brothels, and uh, they, they just sort of drew me in. Well, we should say, I mean, before you came here, you're a native of Florida, and you grew up in Georgia, and you're an historian. Uh, um, I have a history degree. And your um, your title is Senior Librarian and Rare Books Curator at the Historic New Orleans Collection. So when you say before you came in 81, that's what you're talking about. Yes. yes. And... We're talking about Storyville in New Orleans. Tell us uh, something about Storyville. Um, A lot of people, if if you grew up here, you probably know about it and have heard about it, but we're, of course, on on the web. What was Storyville? Storyville was an experiment in the control and containment of prostitution to one geographically defined area. Uh, most cities had a designated red light district that uh, grew up out of tradition and police and governmental toleration, uh, mostly away from the nice areas of town. And New Orleans had experimented with uh, other legislation trying to contain uh, prostitution to other areas of town very loosely during the 19th century. Yeah, that Uh, was a revelation. I hadn't realized that, but it didn't take. But this time it took. This time it took. And the uh, ordinance was set up uh, not to make prostitution legal, but to make it illegal 
outside of specific geographical parameters. Uh, Storyville, the Storyville Ordinance was introduced by Alderman Sidney Story. Uh, he proposed the ordinance in 1897. It went through a few changes during 1897, but was finally enacted to take effect on January 1st, 1898. Now, he was, of course, horrified that <laughs> they he, called he, it Storyville. I mean, he was, he, he was rather embarrassed and disgusted. He didn't want his name necessarily associated with it. Most of the uh, underworld figures, the habitues of uh, Storyville, referred to it as the district. district. Now, you have a little foreword um, by a woman, Emily Epstein Landau. She wrote a, a PhD at Yale about it, and she explains um, why the Blue Books were one of the, some of the reasons why do these directories came about was there was a big uh, surge in advertising, consumerism, things like that, that, you know, you don't even think about. Yes. Uh, Emily Landau's uh, foreword is a wonderful piece of writing and explains that at this time, at the turn of the last century, the late 19th and into the 20th century, ideas and theories about marketing were changing to the effect that uh, you didn't just sell your product you sold the idea that if you did not buy this product, this particular brand, that you would risk becoming a social pariah. You, you would not attain the success that you should if you only used the proper soap or mouthwash or, or uh, bought the right shoe or fashion. Or, uh, so the whole idea of marketing was changing if you went to the right store. And the idea of department stores uh, rising just not to purvey goods, but to provide a an experience, an image, yeah. a, an image, an experience, the right place to go to get the right goods was so So this so. is a marketing tool. You, If it was geared toward white men and it mm -hmm. was supposedly to make them feel uh, that they were going to very special places. They weren't going to some sordid houses of ill repute. The the cream of the demimond, dim, uh, the the uh, elite of the tenderloin. And where uh, was our district? Our, our district was just outside of the French Quarter from uh, Basin Street to North Robertson and from Custom House, which is now Iberville, to St. Louis Street. Uh, that was the area of the district. Uh, now, this was in for terms of white men. Largely but... for white men. Uh, men of color sometimes worked as musicians in the district. And something about the Blue Books, they are marketing an image of this district as the elite. Never mind that in reality, there were the top-of-the-line houses along Basin Street there were also the very lowest of the low cribs. And cribs were one or two room uh, stalls, more or less, uh, that were rented pretty much for shift work by women who lived outside of the district but could not uh, 
pursue their their profession outside the district. They well, would come well, in and also we should say that um, African American men had there was a second area of prostitution. Um, people called it Black Storyville, or yes, uh, it was, yes. but. But the, the majority of these houses were very middle class, middle of the road, lower. It had been a neighborhood before it was turned into a prostitution district. district. And the variety of houses there was pretty much like you'd see in most other neighborhoods. Uh, in terms of the black Storyville, I mentioned that the Storyville ordinance was uh, altered as it was initially proposed by Story. One of the alterations in mid-1897 was the removal of a provision for an uptown district, and uptown being just uh, upriver from Canal Street, uh, around the area that is now Duncan Plaza near City, City Hall. Hall. I love it. <laughs> that was supposed to be the uh, so-called Black Storyville, and there was already vice going on in that area, and there were music clubs and Largely Some people for might the black make a joke population. that there's vice going on in that area yeah. today where our city hall is, but <laughs> but that's another topic. That's <laughs> another topic indeed. But <laughs> good point. <laughs> um, uh, now, why were they called blue books? What what's the association with the color blue? Uh, blue books. Uh, it, it has many connotations. Uh, a compilation of governmental statistics or reports or information is sometimes called a blue book. There are governmental blue books. Um, in medieval times, it seems that parliamentary records in Britain were bound with blue covers. Uh, also, uh, we recall our blueback composition books, some of us do, from our school days in which we had to write essays. So there's that. There's also travel guides, uh, uh, the blue guides or the guides blue. Uh, Cozumel has something called La Guia Azul, and it's simply a, a little handy booklet of information for tourists, ads for restaurants, uh, city services, uh, how to use the transportation, maps, that sort of thing. Uh, so the term blue book was already in usage as, as sort of a guide. It also has another connotation in that society guides were often called blue books. The Swords Directory Company of New Orleans printed the city directories for New Orleans, but they also printed other kinds of guides. And one of the things they printed in the 1890s was uh, Sword's Blue Book. And this blue book actually listed the blue bloods of New Orleans society, gave a little background, what clubs they belonged to. And, well, this uh, sort of does that for the district. Now, these mm -hmm. books were very small. I've, I used to have a replica, and you describe the, of course, you go into great detail, describing them. They had blue, the authentic ones had blue covers. Not all of them. They, well, the, the 10 editions that you talk about. Um, <laughs> you're showing me, again, this is, this is radio. Uh, we'll talk about the yes. different classes of blue books. Um, but they were yeah. very small. They were directories. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting that some of them were um, by name, 
Some of them, you said, were geographical, and some of them uh, differentiated between the types of women that were available. Uh, yes. The blue books, it doesn't necessarily refer to the color of the cover, but uh, they're all organized somewhat differently. Some of the uh, earlier blue books are organized geographically. They go through the district by street and by address and name the women who are at each of the addresses. Uh, many of them uh, will give the race, white or colored or octoroon or Jewish or French. That was another revelation. I had heard about white, octoroon, and colored, but I didn't realize there's a whole category of Jewish prostitutes. It, it seems to be <laughs> catering to uh, a fantasy that uh, Jewish prostitutes were particularly uh, passionate and especially you said redhead redhead redheaded Jewish yes. prostitute wow. and, the, and the blue books were selling these fantasies and that's uh, also reason for the listing of the octoroon houses uh, there was that that interest at the time in light-skinned women of color and that, that was one of the the promises of pleasure that Storyville offered one of the um men behind these blue books um, was a, a journalist, I'm proud to say, as a journalist. <laughs> uh, of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Struve, is that how you say his yes, name? Yes, But he called himself Billy News. He uh, used a pseudonym as his uh, position as compiler for most of these little publications. He called himself Billy News, kind of a reference to his uh, former profession as a police reporter for the New Orleans Item newspaper. Uh, he became Tom Anderson's right-hand man. Tom Anderson was the so-called mayor of Storyville and was a legislator. And uh, Struve ran many of Tom Anderson's uh, saloons and restaurants around and in the district. So, yeah, he was a very uh, active fellow in the underworld and knew everybody who was anybody. We're uh, taping this uh, as Mardi Gras is coming up, and um, you said some of these were released around Mardi Gras. Is that they were designed for the tourist trade? Or? Exactly, exactly. Uh, there are many indications in these uh, blue books that they were released in anticipation of advanced, uh, uh, expanded uh, tourism activity during Carnival. So it, it was produced with the idea that there would be an influx of people in town and fun, fun, fun. Now, you couldn't mail these things because of the Comstock law. So how would how would you get them? Uh, a lot of them were handed to men as they got off the train at Basin Street and Canal. Oh, the welcome wagon. <laughs> Very much so. Or uh, saloons would have them. Uh, the larger ones were sold for a small amount. Uh, there were also other non-blue book listings of madams, tiny little booklets called uh, Hell O. Don't misconstrue the name and say it backwards. <laughs> and these were handed out at saloons and uh, sometimes at barbershops, places where men congregated. Now, you make a point that a lot of the women use pseudonyms. And I didn't realize Josie Arlington, I've been hearing of my whole life, and that was a pseudonym. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, one of my favorites is a madam named Trilby O'Farrell. <laughs> Musical name. And Probably I just, wasn't her given name. <laughs> I liked that name, but it, it wasn't until I was working on this book that I figured out Trilby O'Farrell is the title character of the novel by Georges du Maurier called Trilby. It was phenomenally successful in the 1890s. It sparked entire fads. Well, the madam took her name from this title character, and I don't know if I didn't realize, the book is about a young woman who was influenced to become a great singer under the mesmeric guidance of a man named Svengali. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. so it's Trilby and Svengali. So that but, was her uh, name. Yeah, that, Lulu White, we've yes. probably all heard of Lulu yes. White and um, Mahogany Hall. Uh, now, these ads were very interesting. Some of the subject matter, that liquor ads, okay, <laughs> um, lawyers' ads. There was one lawyer, P.L. Forshee, who advertised in almost every edition. What was he thinking? You get arrested why, or something. Why not? <laughs> uh, actually, his his ads usually say, "When in, if you get in trouble while on a lark in the tenderloin, please call." And he get, he gives his home address and phone numbers and his work address and his hours, and it seems so you could reach him anytime. And the funeral homes, why were they advertising? The funeral home really gives one pause until you realize that most. Uh, undertakers at that time also had rigs for hire, carriages, phaetons, victorias, uh, to hire for a, a, a trip out to the country or just a night on the town. So it was uh, more than just embalming, but it sort of puts a damper on the fun to see that well, in a speaking, book that's selling pleasure. Speaking of damper on the fun, there was uh, some ads you said for VD Cures, there was a saying, a night with Venus, a lifetime with Mercury. I mean, they didn't yes. work. No, there was no cure for uh, sexually transmitted diseases at this time. So uh, there are a number of ads guaranteeing a sure cure if you only take this potion. Uh, most of them were made with mercuric compounds. That's sort of the basis for this saying a nighttime with Venus, a lifetime with Mercury. Uh, and uh, many people died from the effects of venereal disease. I love your um, quote from one of them. A visit will teach more than pen can describe. That's just <laughs> fabulous. There, there's no substitute for actually being there. But as you point out, they're selling the sizzle, not the steak. There's there's yes. no graphic, I mean, pictures. There's no um, really uh, graphic descriptions of what's offered. There's some allusions to oral sex, you said. But, yes. but except for that, and that was coded, um, it was, it was, they're not pornographic books by they're, any means. They're very demure. Uh, there were some fakes that were produced in the 1960s that insert some far more salacious ads, sort of to goose up the interest, I would guess. But the genuine blue books of the Storyville era are very tame. The uh, descriptions of the madams are almost interchangeable. They always uh, promote a lavishness of the house, 
the uh, entertainers that are always wet, ready for a good time and jolly, jolly, yeah. they're good, always jolly ladies, <laughs> jolly, la- and jolly had a particular connotation oh, at that did? time. Jolly good fellow had a particular meeting, and it was usually um, reference to. Uh, someone who was knowledgeable of the underworld and moved easily in it. Well, the gay 90s you think of and Tarara Boomtie and all that. Yes. Oh, well, he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> um, one of the um, facsimiles, we wouldn't call it a fake. I mean, our beloved, if you're from here, Buddy Stahl came out with one. And I told you I had had a facsimile, and I think it might have been Buddy Stahl's, and I didn't realize it had been sold originally with a cassette. Uh, Buddy, I guess, told you about the houses there, or Storyville? Uh, he, he he did a, a, a little cassette recording of a talk that he had given on the history of prostitution. And he had packaged this in a little vinyl case with a facsimile blue book. And you had this cassette, so all in one little package. Um, that was from the 1970s. Uh, a really good facsimile was done in 2013 by Applewood Press in their Applewood After Dark series, and it's based on a genuine blue book that's owned by Judith Lafitte of Octavia, Octavia Books. Books. Yes. Yeah, you showed us that one. And a hardcover, which, yes, which was unusual. Usually, yes. Um, the, um, you, you, you don't really go into as much the ins and outs of Storyville. Other people have written, and you cite some of the other people that have written about that, but you do a marvelous academic but interesting to non-academic catalog of the genuine blue books, and there's quite a large collection at the historic New Orleans collection. And you, you go through each one and describe you know, what kind of ads it has and um, its provenance, how you, how you, how the collection came to be. And there are very respectable uh, people that have donated their collections to you. Yes. The, uh, the book, Guidebooks to Sin, is largely meant as an annotated bibliography of these uh, little-known items. There was a bibliography that was produced in 1936, over 80 years ago, by a bibliophile uh, who happens to be one of the people in the Provenance chapter, one of the people in the chain of collectors, which explains how the collection acquired as many as they did. Uh, The bulk of our collection came through four collectors in one group. Uh, Today, we have... uh, 24 of the genuine Storyville era prostitution guides representing 15 different editions. In terms of fakes and facsimiles, we have 16 copies of those representing 10 different editions that are all identified here in the annotated bibliography section of guidebooks to send. Now, people can come to the center and um, you have them digitized so that they can yes. look at it and not actually, you know, destroy the books. Or... They, they are very fragile and, uh, of course, very rare. Uh, their survival rate was not very good, but 
Yes, uh, you can go on our website, and the uh, original Storyville era blue books have been digitized. Now we're we're I'm smiling and you know talking about this, and this is not a. Um, there's so many solemn issues that we deal with today, and a hundred years ago, a district devoted to prostitution is, you know, not as um, serious as some of the issues we deal with today. But one thing really struck me is, I think it was in the second edition of the one called The Blue Book, um, there were a young girls were listed, and, and it brought to mind, of course, Pretty Baby, the, the movie um, that was made here. And it was about yes. Storyville. It was about yes. Belloc. And... Yes. Um, the, the thing is that that cover of that second edition has sort of a Gibson girl-like figure in the foreground, and she's surrounded by women dressed in earlier eras fashions. But in the front, right beside her, is this small girl. And all of these figures are holding stemmed glasses. It gives you pause when you consider that, yes, uh, young girls were part of the district's milieu. Yeah, that's Upsetting. I mean, the movie was beautiful. Louis Malle, uh, 1978, oh, yeah. and yes. I think Brooke Shields really... Her, her debut. Her debut. Susan Sarandon, I yes. guess, played her mother, as played I Played her mother, and Keith Carradine was... Uh, Belloc. Uh, uh, I think they called his character Papa Belloc. Now, yeah. those those photographs, I know someone that has one, and you mentioned that they're, they're, they sell for thousands of dollars now. He took, he took a lot of pictures. He was handicapped, and he seemed to be welcomed around there. He, he lived not far from the district. I guess and, that was his... Uh, and uh, he, he did take a number of commercial photographs. We have some uh, his... We, we don't own rights to any of his Storyville photographs at the Historic New Orleans Collection, but we do have some of his other commercial work. So he, he was active as a commercial photographer. Mostly uh, buildings. Now, I was at uh, your launch, I guess it was, a, a launch at the um, Octavia Books. And did you mention that you have some sort of exhibit coming up? Yes, yes. Uh, on April 5th, the Historic New Orleans Collection will present uh, an exhibition at our Williams Research Center at 410 Charter Street, uh, titled Storyville, Madams, and Music. That will cover uh, the Storyville era and also many of the musicians who gained fame uh, playing in the brothels of the district. And uh, Jelly yes, Roll Morton. Jelly Roll <laughs> Morton, yes, yes. Um, also, concurrently with that, upstairs just outside of our reading room, again at the Williams Research Center, at 410 Charter Street, will be an exhibition called Guidebooks to Sin, the Blue Books of Storyville, oh, New Orleans. And every one of our original uh, Storyville-era blue books, oh, as we well as oh, the nice. fakes and facsimiles, and some other imagery from uh, the and blue it's books. it's free, right? It, free to the public. Free to the public. Uh, all of that will open on April 5th and free to the public. Um Historic Storyville. New Orleans collection. Yes. Storyville, Madams, and Music, and Guidebooks to Sin concurrently. Well, I look forward to that, and I'm sure it'll be a very popular exhibit. Um, 
you've been listening to Writers Forum, and we want to thank our guest today, Pamela Arsenault, author of Guidebooks to Sin, the Blue Books of Storyville, New Orleans. I'm Sherry Alexander for WRBH.